Hi everybody, this is Chris Posty Posterson and I am back with another Super Deluxe Special Edition episode of the Sleep With Me podcast. Scoots and I take episodes that have recently aired and uh, add some music and some sound design to them as a way to say thanks to all of you who are patrons. We release those as a bonus um, Super Deluxe Special Edition show um, and those are just for you patrons. So here's our way of saying thanks thanks so much you are awesome you keep the show going so thank you and let's hop into another super deluxe special edition when I sit down to make one of these super deluxe special edition shows what I'll usually do is I have a a folder on my computer of all of the recent sleep with me podcast uh, shows that we've edited and what I'll do is just kind of scroll through and think okay what was that one about oh it'd be fun to do this and this and this if it's about space then I'll think about doing a cool space show or something like that And so I was digging sort of a little bit further back for this Super Deluxe show, and I came across a show called Trapper Keeper. And I made this mistake twice. I thought when I saw Trapper Keeper, I thought it was about an old-timey trapper, uh, which is obviously wrong. I opened it up, I listened to it, and uh, Scoots explains, the episode starts with Scoots explaining what a Trapper Keeper actually is, um, which is an old sort of bindery thing that we had as kids and I thought it was kind of funny that I made that mistake twice and then I started thinking about what a trapper keeper would do and and if if you are a trapper keeper you you would have to be very nice to any creatures that you are trapper keeping um you know because you'd want you'd want them to be your friend after there afterward uh so maybe you'd just your your tools for trapper keeping would be pillows, comfy comfy things, nice blankies. So you trapper keeper a, a a big creature and 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 maybe snuggle up to it for a little while. So that's what we'll be doing tonight. Uh, put on your trapper keeper hat. We'll be going into a, the the den of a a big Winnie the Pooh. Uh, type of creature and scoots will be there he'll be he'll be talking about trapper keepers the other kind of trapper keeper uh i'll i'll be there as well playing some sort of soothing piano and uh our winnie the pooh type new friend will also be there pleasantly sleeping away in his cave snuggled up to us once in a while It'll roll over. You'll hear Scooter will get a little bit more muffled. But everyone's happy. Everyone's warm. We've got a fire going. Uh, Just Trapper Keeper in new buds. Just to reiterate, this is, uh, you know, friendly Trapper Keeper. Okay, 
I hope this helps you get some sleep, everyone. Good night. everybody tonight's episode is a little bit different it'll be a little maybe a little bit of a guided meditation uh with the trending uh, trapper trending trapper keeper uh, guided meditation i think uh, like uh, but let me explain what a trapper keeper is because not everybody was uh, in school in the 80s if you were you probably know what a trapper keeper is or if you were a parent of some a child in the 80s uh or if you've watched retro 80s uh, TV shows or movies. Uh, but it doesn't really ma- matter because it can be a nice uh, guided meditation. But Trapper Keeper, according to Wikipedia, was a brand of loose-leaf binder created by Mead. Uh, it was popular in the United States, Canada, and parts of Latin America from the 70s to the 90s. And featured sliding pra- pla- plastic rings, which I can't figure out in my mind. Uh, instead of the standard snap-closed metal binder rings. Uh, folders and pockets to keep, keep schoolwork and papers in a uh, wraparound Velcro enclosure. At one point it was a snap enclosure, and they had different designs on them, uh, which were, that's going to guide our guided meditation tonight. Uh, It was invented in the late 70s by E. Bryant Crutchfield, uh, the director of New Ventures at Mead Corporation. And I'll kind of describe my version of memory of it. Uh, But it got its name because it was uh, sold in combination with pocket folders uh, designed by Mead called Trappers. So it was uh, folders, uh, instead of being uh, vertical, they were horizontal maybe? Uh, they differed from other pocket folders because uh, the three sides connected with the bottom, outside edge, and top, as opposed to the bottom, outside edge, and spine of the folders. And that's what kept them, uh, like it wouldn't fall, your papers wouldn't fall out. I guess before this, there was a rash, uh, a marketing-created rash of papers falling out at school. Uh, the, they could go in any three-ring binder, the Trapper Keeper folders. Uh, I guess that was the Trapper, oh, those were Trappers, and the Trapper Keeper was the, um, the binder. Uh, let's see, yeah, three years after it had a, a Velcro strap uh, and uh, designer series from 88 to 95. Uh, even had a deal with Lisa Frank, Garfield, Sonic. I guess it came out again in 2009. In 2014, another one came out, Snapper Trapper. Uh, and uh, even 2015. So, so it gets rebooted every once in a while. Uh, there's an amazing article by Aaron McCarthy over at Mental Floss from... Uh, and it was uh, first came out September 1st of 2017. And I'll link to that in the show notes. It's a really extensive history of the development of the Trapper Keeper and stuff like that. So if you're really interested, 
uh, you can check that out. I really, really enjoyed reading the article. It, talk, it talks yeah, about all the ideas uh, and some of the marketing and stuff. But I'll talk about my personal experience really quick, and then I'll get into the uh, guided meditation parts. So for me, I'm the oldest of six kids, right? And I remember, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know I wasn't a good student. And I had trouble at school. And also my parents had to buy school supplies for six kids. Uh, now I did have trapper keepers. Uh, I, I may have had one or two in my life. Uh, and I think I had like an original, um, not, not the first round, but I remember having like a generic blue one. Uh, but that may have just been the the time because I don't know if I actually did have a generic blue one or that was just the most prevalent look. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I did have a, like a, a generic navy blue one. And oh, should I should explain even though they did it. So it was a very very it was a fad. I don't know if they, I don't think they have fads anymore. They call them something. They call it going viral now. Now it used to be called a fad. It used to be called a fad by adults, but to kids it was just what are the, all the other kids had. Uh, so, and then the mental floss article talks about, yeah, your first experience with conformity. Uh, but at the same time, that was like it, it was actually a brilliant piece of manufacturing and marketing. Because here's the thing, you got your three-ring binders. Even my daughter today, she has a regular three-ring binder. And there's a couple issues with that. One, it, for a kid like me, it, it just will—it's uh, uh, not self-contained. So if it's shoved in your backpack, it could easily open and close. It, stuff could go in between the binder, uh, where the trapper keeper sealed up like a portfolio. And I mean, now you see adults with their, uh, or you used to with like their. Um, there was even a st- store at the mall that sold this stuff. Uh, uh, from one of the efficiency experts. Uh, but basically, Trapper Keeper was a binder that closed all the way up. Uh, and here's another thing that, that I really liked about it, now that I'm talking about it, was it was uh, it was one thickness. The other thing with three-ring binders is uh, it's not one thickness. It's wedge-shaped. Uh, and for someone as unbalanced as me, I don't need any, I don't need any help. Uh, I say thank you. I can't, I don't like. I have nothing. I like, probably do have some wedge-shaped things on me. Uh, but nothing else that goes in a backpack uh, that I know of, uh, other than is, is wedge-shaped, other than the, the three-ring binder. Because you got books and notebooks, and if you have uh, spiral notebooks, you got to um, balance those. But so the Trapper Keeper was a binder. It had folders that the papers supposedly didn't fall out of. I'll be honest, I'm not even sure I've ever used a folder in my lifetime. You say, Scoots, like, what's the average folder usage, like, in equivalency of human hours for a normal uh, uh, person who grew up in the United States between uh, 1980 and 1997? And they'd say, well, the equivalency in human lifetime is uh, 12.5 hours. Uh, I spent like eight minutes of my life using folders. Uh, I said, well, what do we need to, like, it just, just, I guess it was just like uh, a friction for me. So we got to get it in there, got to get it out. Uh, but the Trapper Keeper did offer some advantages. One, the stuff didn't fold, fold out of the folder, but for someone like me, even though I didn't use the folders, 
if if it if I did, it, it was kind of like a like a not exactly like this, but a, it was kind of like a, a like a, a birth protection for your uh, your school stuff uh, because like your folders would be in a trapper keeper protected when it went into your backpack. Because uh, for me, anything that went in my backpack that was not hardened material. Uh, like for other, like it, it, they should test stuff. They should. When I was a kid, I could have tested stuff that was going to like at the bottom of the ocean or the Antarctic or other planets. They said we're going to send some school supplies to the outer moons of Jupiter. Uh, and they say, well, is that a quiz on the names of those moons? So like maybe Io is that one of them? Correct. Uh, yes. Uh, and we're looking to test some school supplies to send out there. So we were wondering if you could test them. But you seem to have already uh, destroyed them. Just and I say, yeah, I'm good at that. Uh, you gotta make them harder. You have, do you have any trapper keepers headed to to uh, Jupiter's outer moons? Uh, so it was a binder that protected your school supplies. And it was supposed to make you more organized. And there was notebooks you could keep in there in addition to your folders. Because again, I say. Uh, uh, this was just my school philosophy. If, if they were handing it out at school, it was uh, it was uh, it was crumbling it up normally. Yeah, so I wasn't good at like I just didn't have the discipline. And this is like I'm making light of it, but I do like retro like uh, looking back say, well, I wish I at least had the discipline to put things in my folder where they belonged and then to take them back out. You know, I have started to desire that as as an adult. Uh, a little more organization and predictability. But I didn't have that when I was a kid. And also, uh, the other thing was, and this is just, uh, this isn't, um, so I had a lot of trouble at school, and it was really, would be really um, not the greatest of time when it became report card time around my house, so for me, uh, because my grades were almost never good. Like. Uh, because I just wasn't a good student, and so, um, and a lot of times it was whatever. It was just uh, we were always looking for solutions. What uh, uh, my parents were hoping, you know, that uh, at some point I would become a good student, and uh, I was uh, hoping at some point school would just go away. Or that uh, we were all kind of hoping. I mean, realistically, like most human beings, like that there would be an easy solution or that things would fix themselves or naturally, organically solve themselves. And that didn't always work. So there was always different attempts to motivate me, especially when the report card came. And also probably to regulate my own parents' feelings about this. Uh, because I'm sure, like, now that I'm an adult, there's, like, a large range of emotions you have around this stuff. as adults, too. I mean, I think my parents were probably clear with me. They say, like, I'm clear with my, I say, I, I'm maybe your parent, but I really don't know what I'm doing. Other than, you know, keeping, you know, I can keep, I, I can keep the, you know, make sure you get fed and drink water. And the rest of it, I'm, you know, I'm just doing my best. And my parents were doing that at the time. And, and so I think they were a bit vexed, to, to, to use a uh, word, uh, uh, so there's a vexing on how to motivate their kids. Now you also have six kids uh, without an, and you don't have an unlimited budget. So getting kids school supplies, and every kid wants the cool school supplies. Like who, who wouldn't? 
you know, I think my parents did the best. Like I said, I, I'm sure I had a couple Traver keepers. I know I had lunch boxes. So while we m might not have had the, the first Traver keeper or, you know, the whatever, my parents uh, did uh, try to help us out. It just wasn't always an early adopter. And so, like I said, I'm pretty sure, I don't remember in grammar school, I don't even remember what year Trapper Keepers were big. I just have a vague, nostalgic memory of them uh, and, and a couple images. But I do know that, like, so it might not even have been until, uh, like, middle school. But I do have this one very, very specific memory tied to Trapper Keepers that was in grammar school. And the memory could go one of two ways, is that I already had a Trapper Keeper, but it was getting old, uh, which I definitely have that memory, like they were, like, a, this isn't a, like a buy it once item, like it's a buy it once every school year or every other school year. And so I do remember that not just mine, but other kids' Trapper Keepers would quickly wear down and the plastic would start to split and stuff. Uh, so let's assume that I had a Trapper Keeper at the time, but it was, uh, maybe it wasn't brand new. But, but though it could have been brand new, or I may not have had a Trapper Keeper. And what happened was, at some point, I got the report cards. And usually, I don't know what went on behind the scenes with my parents to trying to deal with these report cards, right? But, uh, at this, at this stage, I think my dad was trying to turn over a new leaf or something, trying to come up with a new strategy, right, to, to deal with my uh, lack of, what they saw as lack of motivation. And also, like a lot of us, or at least like me in particular, you know, I'm similar to my father, like a uh, quest for certainty, like what can I do that's within my control that, that will give us a so easy solution here, like uh, in something that's exciting and feels good. And like a lot of it was a disorganization, one of the big issues I had. And so I remember I thought my dad was going to be pretty upset at whatever it was or that there was going to be more fallout. But he said to me, let's go down to Faze Drugs. That was a drugstore by us, uh, F-A-Y apostrophe S drugs. And it was normally one of the places you went and got school supplies, either Faze or um, Kmart, right? And my dad took me to Faze to, to get it. He said, let's get, a new, you know, what we'll do is we'll get you organized and we'll get you like a Trapper Keeper or something similar. And so we went to Trapper Keeper and this must have been, and I tried, I couldn't find this on the internet. And I didn't do a ton of digging, uh, but there seemed to be at some point like, a, well, yeah, couldn't find this on the internet. Now, this wasn't a Trapper Keeper competitor. I'm pretty sure this was made by Mead. But it was like another attempt at the Trapper Keeper market, like a, a faux competitor. Uh, and I don't know if it was called, like I want to call it the Magnum. I don't know why, but uh, it was something exactly like a Trapper Keeper, but slightly different. And uh, like it, this is just my memory, but I'm sure this happened. Uh, where I said, now maybe we went to get a Trapper Keeper. And I said, well, I want the one like with this one. And they didn't have it. But they did have this other version of it. And that also helped me because I, I always wanted to be a little bit different, right? Uh, and so we got this thing and we were kind of excited and maybe it didn't have the trapper folders. I don't know what the, the difference was. Like this was the endo trapper or something. I, I don't know what it was, but uh, the, 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 I mean, I know there was in my research 
a Trapper Keeper competitor called Tabs or something. I don't think this was that. I think it was uh, the same branding and stuff, but I could be wrong. Uh, but so we got this thing and then we said, this is it. This is going to solve everything. This, uh, this new thing. I'm going to be organized. I'm going to get my work done. I'm not going to have difficulty with my penmanship or uh, math or teachers or authority figures. You know, I'm not going to eat anybody's diorama, which I tended to do, and those kind of things. Now, did it work? I don't think it did, but, uh, and I can't picture what that one was, but I remember the excitement. I wanted that, like it was, uh, this effort by my father to take a new tactic, and it was somewhat, some, somewhat a case of magical thinking, but the magical thinking we all kind of take part in to say, hey, if we could just get this, uh, the right organizer, will be organized, which I fall into all the time because there partially is some truth in there. So that's why it can be so tempting, at least for me. And at least I had something nice to be excited about at school, you know. So uh, I guess that's where my affinity for, I guess my affinity is always like, what is this nostalgia? You know, it's so, nostalgia is such an interesting thing. And maybe for those of you that are younger or a little bit, uh, like of a different generation that misses somehow, you might look at this like, uh, what an interesting thing. You, you, uh, you Generation Xers and, uh, you know, late, gener you know, whatever, uh, you know, all the late millennials or whatever, early, I guess you'd be the early millennials. You're really like uh, otherworldly beings with trapper keepers and stuff. Uh, uh, but so the one thing about it was they were very distinctive. Like I said, at first they came in these primary colors, or you could always get them in these primary colors. Uh, but you could also get them in a bunch of different colors. And so, uh, I don't know, I, want, I thought we'd take a little journey uh, and see how it went if we went. And we, we kind of had a journey inspired by some of the art on the Trapper Keeper binders. So I want you to take a restful breath and say uh, that it's uh, the keepers, you know, the keepers of sleep is the first stage as we cross over. Uh, we're crossing over from, uh, uh, you know, dusk to night, and that is the place of the green flash. A great green flash everyone talks about that most people miss because you've already drifted from uh, across, you know, from the daytime to the nighttime or through the evening. Uh, some might even call it the evening shade. And to greet us on that side of the evening shade, uh, to welcome us to this nether, I guess it's not another world, a new world. Uh, where dreams are slowly created, our three uh, gatekeepers, three puppies, is so cute you couldn't even you would squeal and squee at the same time. Uh, they're sitting there waiting for us. Uh, well, that's a question I have. They're sitting there waiting, but they're not looking at us as we arrive, uh, and that's a great. Uh, uh, this is a great legend that I lead you to, the classical legend of the three puppies of behind the green flash. Uh, that the green flash is actually a glimpse because they're in this great green field. 
but we never see the puppies because it's just a flash and the green is the dominant color, but there's three puppies uh, watching over. Now the, the thing goes out there sniffing everything and uh, you know that, that if you need it, they'll be peppering you with kisses. Uh, but for most of people, the comforting presence of these three cuties is uh, like comforting, you know, enough. You say, oh boy, they, they got like uh, that, uh, I don't know what kind of puppies they are, but they have hair that's wavy but not curly. That uh, They're furry without being shaggy. And the three of them are nestled together and they're just looking to our left. You never know why unless you were in a classroom and they'd be looking at the person to the left of you, seeing what they're doing. Oh, those three puppies of the green flash. Uh, Frederica, uh, Zoni, and Chachi, of course. Uh, the three famous uh, puppies of the green flash. Uh, and that carries us in, and you always want to think about uh, as the colors change, you know, as the sun is setting, the sky, as we drift away, and it's a kind of a purpley sky, right? Uh, and it's also mood, and it's kind of mood where you can hear ocean breezes. Uh, you could feel the feeling like the sun is always setting. It's, I don't know if that's a, a Jimmy Buffett song, but it could be. Or if there's a Jimmy Buffett song about the green flash or the moments before it. Uh, but this mood is like the green flash, like palm trees, or before it. We've crossed over past the, the setting of the sun, but with the spirit of the sunset, uh, you know, clouds on the horizon, palm trees swaying, a vacation, vacation type uh, uh, spirit. And you say, I'm going to head off to those clouds, as a matter of fact. I want to get closer to those clouds uh, where they feel, where it could feel like I'm taking off into the blue sky. Oh, blue sky welcoming me. Uh, calling me in. And what do we see when we're up there above the clouds? Uh, we see that we're strangely enough where we've gotten to. It's not nighttime anymore. It's a cartoony daytime. It's so sweet uh, and so nice. Uh, there's uh, the perfect blue above us. The puffy clouds are now lying on, relaxing. We feel so grounded and close, uh, and we say to ourselves, Roy G. Biv, that's uh, what we always say when we, uh, when we first uh, see a, like a rainbow up above, and the rainbow goes so far. You say, are we on like one of those rainbow levels on Mario Kart even? Because I feel like I could drive on this rainbow. Uh, but we feel our spirit even buoyed more, like as if it was buoyed from helium. And not just any helium, the helium of Roy G. Biv Rainbow. Because as we get closer, we, we pick out some shapes on the end of the rainbow. We say, wait, somewhere over the rainbow, we're at the base of a rainbow in the clouds. Uh, where are we going to go next? Over the rainbow? 
that we see at the base of this rainbow. Uh, balloon hearts of every color, Roy, red, uh, oh, 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 orange, uh, yellow, G, green, uh, blue, and of course indigo and violet get ripped off and combined into one. Uh, we see them there welcoming us and we rest on the clouds. Uh, and actually we feel, you know, we've traveled between worlds now, so we curl up in the clouds and rest. Uh, we feel the pushy, poofiness against our skin. We kind of notice it, we say, well, we, I was just calling that sky blue before, but uh, now that I'm noticing, it's many, many shades of blue. And there's even something in that sky that's maybe like somewhere between a sky blue and a slate blue. And we start to think of it, and we start to think of magazines of the 80s, uh, uh, magazines with heart throbs, uh, uh, like uh, one magazine was called Tiger Beats. And we say, why did they come up with that name? But now. We see the beautiful. We see first there was puppy cat, puppy dogs. Now there's a regal cat, a T I G E R, looking at us so calmly from afar, and we know that we're not in an earthly realm. Uh, so we have crossed over. So this is both metaphorical and real. It's sitting there on a rock. Uh, and you say, when was it, this thing, it might be magic hours still up here, because this cat, its oranges are just popping. While the sky, sky behind it is a bit cloudy, we look at this tiger. I don't know, we're just kind of amazed. Uh, there's something warm about it. There's something that uh, inspires our safety and our confidence in ourselves where we say, okay, okay, I get it, I, I like it, I, I'm, I'm feeling good here. I am feeling good. And the tiger kind of waves us along, which is just a move of her head into the gray cloud behind her, we travel. And we say, man, this is relaxing through the gray clouds, uh, gentle on our skin. The temperature nearly perfect. Uh, we next to see ourselves looking down at a mossy, mossy ground. And uh, two more uh, beings welcoming us. Uh, two kittens, uh, two kitty cats waiting for us. Uh, maybe again, unlike the tiger, but like the puppies, they're not making eye contact with us. Uh, one kitten is looking in the other direction, and we say, well, maybe they were checking as we were crossing over the threshold to make sure it was just us. Uh, the other kitten is kind of looking at our shoes or looking at our feet, and we say, wait a second, yeah, our feet are now firmly planted on some mossy ground. And we take in these two kittens. Uh, we, I, I, I don't know what a tabby cat is, but I want to use the word tabby cat uh, just to say it. Uh, but they have a lot of white fur on them. Very, very pretty kitties, if you don't mind me rhyming and saying that. Uh, some browns and grays and dark browns and dark grays and blacks. 
uh, light, uh, 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 like uh, what are you almost like a khaki spray uh, and, and different parts of their white underbellies and we pass them eventually you go into the green mossy ground which again turns into grass uh, and then we hear it galloping a galloping towards us and around us uh, of a beautiful beautiful horse a horse without a saddle, a horse without reins, a horse, I don't know if it's been through the desert, and this is definitely not a horse with no name, for this horse tells me in a whisper, she's the keeper uh, and the trapper, but not just of, of folders and papers, but of our concerns, and she runs around us. Uh, I don't know if the, the horses have a mane or they have something else, uh, but she's got a long black tail. And whatever, like a, not a colt, but she has that hair. I don't think that's a mane. I think it's called something, but that's black and she's a dark, a dark brown. Uh, two out of her four legs are uh, white, the other two uh, brown to black. She has a white uh, spot of fur or hair between her eyes. And she runs around us and we feel our heart lifting like those balloons on the rainbow. Uh, she's carrying them off. Uh, all our needs for efficiency uh, or, or our, our ruminations about it are carried away as she trots, trots, trots around us. Uh, kind of like she's trot, trot, trotting away with everything that we'd say, well, I'm kind of thinking about this or that. Uh, no more. If uh, she trots off and we walk it deeper and deeper across uh, this plain where suddenly the, uh, the elevation starts again, we find ourselves at the edge of an alpine lake. And uh, there's the big pine trees, and at the distance it's rising. I don't know if it's a hill or a mountain, but it has uh, uh, some green trees and some trees whose colors just started to change. Uh, I guess it maybe it's autumn up here, wherever we are. Uh, a beautiful mountain vista, we stick our feet in the water, and it's cool without being cold. And somehow we managed to just take our shoes and socks off and have a towel and find a log without even knowing it that we sit there on. We think about the kitty cats we left behind, the royal regal cats, the puppy dogs, the horse, and the rainbow. And we wonder what's next. Uh, and then we, we think about the movie Somewhere Over the Rainbow. As we start to ponder uh, the Wizard of Oz and have uh, fragmented memories about it or the total recall as some people might have, uh, a hot air balloon is, it goes over the mountain and starts to uh, slowly descend towards us and it's a beautiful hot air balloon, a diamond shaped uh, yellow and white and then a Roy G. Biv, uh, 
Uh, but in a different, it goes like a diamond pattern around its widest its circumference. Red, yellow, light green, dark green, light blue, dark blue, a purple, red, orange, or deep orange, deep red. And we say, wait a second, red, orange, yellow, a G in two different colored Gs, so like a yellow, green, and then a green. And finally, we see uh, that there is a blue Roy G. Biv, a blue indigo and violet up here on this balloon. We see, well, finally, Roy G. Biv, we see that rainbow, you couldn't see it. Uh, there wasn't enough shading or gradation. Or maybe my eyes didn't see it, but uh, I see it here now. And the balloon gets closer, we hear that uh, sound we maybe saw, you know, where it, uh, it, it fills the balloon, a nice sound of uh, warming air. We feel the air warm around us. And the next thing we do, we're st stepping into the balloon. And we say, how you doing, uh, balloon? And the, there's a person tending the balloon, and they just smile. They are balloon person. Uh, but it makes sense. You see, maybe this is a dream. It's a dream come true. The balloon person says to us, and we say, "Where are we going?" And they say, "Across uh, the other side of the lake, the other side of this hill. Uh, the hills are alive up there." And we say, okay, like is that over the rainbow? I guess we're under the rainbow, technically, yeah, because the hot air balloon is its own rainbow. And the balloon, rain, balloon, balloon caretaker says, uh, you never know. And we head up a mountain and, and eventually we land at a there's a lot of grass up here. It must have been the 80s. That was peak grass days, I think. Uh, we see Mount White, snow-capped peak mountains uh, just beyond us. And it is something like one of those mountain-based uh, movies, but it's very cartoony around here, too. There's the grassy fields leading up, like... Uh, You'd say, well, this feels like Switzerland in the movies or something. And as we start to climb, we just started walking. We see actually a field of poinsettias or poinsettias. Uh, not sure how to pronounce them to our right. And we think, huh, is that where they grow? Do they really grow up on mountaintops? And we realize, well, we're not really on a mountaintop. Uh, and every once in a while, the grassy... A grassy hill, I guess, that we're on is broken up by little bits of rock uh, sticking up through it. As we go a little bit further on, we see a bush uh, with little red berries on there. And we say, I wonder if those are poinsettia, bear poinsettia berries or poinsettia berries. And just beyond that bush is rolling hills up to the mountain peaks beyond it. And we hear the swoosh of a water, not a waterfall, but a series of small waterfalls uh, leading down to a brook or a stream. 
and the stream gently becomes uh, like uh, lazy and gentle after the waterfalls. But we sit there and we breathe in the mountain air and watch the water flow. It's very hypnotic watching moving water and you start to watch it so long. You say, is it moving or is it not? Are they just exchanging molecules or are all the molecules moving in a motion? And, and well, I don't know, that's a pretty deep question. I really don't know the answer to that question. You see, I'm probably better off not asking it at all then. We kind of just take in and we see this is kind of marshy up here. Maybe this is a bit like the highlands. Uh, you know what would make this better? And then we hear some music, some music, a bit like a musical yodel, but nothing like a yodel, just it feels like a yodel, a calming uh, sound, like an undulation of uh, like a carousel type music. Uh, but done in a yodeling fashion. You see, if I've fallen asleep here on the grass, because the sky opens up like a little bit of a piece of paper, like some mystical force is tearing open the paper, and through it they start to flow giant heart balloons, uh, very similar to the balloons we had seen earlier but in more complementary colors than the colors of Roy G. Biv. Uh, kind of like the complementary colors on the, on the balloon we were just on, like a lighter red, a lighter orange, a pink, a light green. And the balloons that float all around us. Uh, we think about the love uh, that surrounds us that just needs to be noticed, uh, just like here, the mountain peak the grassy hills, the poinsettia type of plants, the flow of water. And we will really start to relax even further, just listening to the floating of the hearts around us, uh, the booing our spirits. But then we hear uh, something else. Uh, it's something nice. It's a meowing. It's more kittens. It will say, okay. Is somewhere nearby, there are some kittens meowing. And we can already tell it's three kittens meowing. You see, well, earlier we saw two kittens, I think. Uh, three puppies and two kittens. Uh, equals cute, but we hear three kittens now, and we walk a few steps, and there in the grass, it's not a biscuit, it's not a basket, it's a, a basket full of three kittens. And these kittens, uh, two of them are looking right at us uh, and meowing. There's some cute uh, pink flowers that look like bows uh, growing nearby. Uh, the top left the kitten is uh, looking to our left. Uh, you know, it's looking at plants and, and, and forest friends. Uh, but these kittens have the biggest, you'd say, even red blood or Disney eyes, probably, you could say. But we see our own essence of kitten reflected back at us. We say, okay, yeah, there's something cute and vulnerable inside me like this, too. Uh, something that would meow. 
And then we notice we've uh, supplied them with saucers of milk, uh, and the kittens are lapping up the milk. The hearts are still floating around us. The hearts are still settling down. And after the kittens are full of milk, they get in the basket and they cuddle up together. Well, these kittens are actually, they look like they just got blown dry. They're so puffy and cute. And we even pet them and they purr. We pet them some more and they purr. And then we hold the basket and we gently move it and they purr together. And they also kind of climb on one another to look at it. And we say, that is so cute. Uh, when I walk with the basket, they're climbing on each other to look out the sides of the baskets. And we tell them where we've been on an adventure, we, you know, or more of a journey, I guess. It wasn't, a, like I say, it's a pretty mellow, uh, passive experience. Uh, all our efficiencies were trapped and kept by a, a gracious horse. And we see we're pretty happy about that. It really was easy to do. And where we, then we say, well, where are we supposed to bring you, kitty cats? Uh, and then we hear something else. It's a buzz. Uh, and we say, okay, that buzz is mechanical or electric. Uh, it's not like the flowing of the water or the meowing of the kittens. It's mechanical in a different way than the heating of the hot air of the hot air balloon. And again, we feel the air kind of shift and change colors. And things start to get interesting. We say, okay, maybe we are in another world. Because uh, yeah, what we see begins to flow in pinks and blacks and sky blues and purples and we just walk towards it we know we have a basket of kittens with us and that feels pretty nice and we're carrying them along as step by step towards the buzzing and as we cross the next uh, hill we look and the sky is covered by a giant neon hearts uh, hot pink and buzzing and we say okay this is pretty good we walk towards it uh, with the kittens and we know okay this is where these three cute kittens belong a giant neon heart as we walk down we realize it's like a wall a giant wall not attached to anything uh, flowing with the, the power of uh, love, I guess. If, if Huey Lewis was here, uh, that might be what would be sung. But right now it's the power of the kittens, and we still hold up the basket of the kittens. And the next thing we know, a, a kitten hand reaches, a cat hand reaches down, mama cat, uh, and scoops up the basket with the kittens in it and pulls them up. Uh, over and out of our view, into the heart, into the neon heart. And then the neon heart kind of starts to pulsate, just like it was beating. And then we hear a voice that says, Thank you. Thank you for bringing the kittens. I hope you enjoyed this journey. Is there anything you would like in return for bringing the kittens here? 
And we think, well, our, 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 uh, our keepers were trapped and our traps were kept uh, by the horse. That was very nice. And this is a nice journey here. Uh, really relaxing and calming. Uh, but I, I would like to slide down the rainbow. If I can't see what's over the rainbow, I would love to slide down the rainbow. And the hypsters consider it done. And the next thing you know, we're sitting there on a rainbow. But we're also secure. We realize that the rainbow, we're not gonna, the rainbow is going to slide and we're not. And somehow that makes it easier. I don't know why it's not Thank you. 